0: Hello everybody, and welcome to the fifth edition of Spindrift, the column where I cast around for stories that may have escaped your attention, and putting my own interpretation on them. My name is Ken Matthews. Another triumph for Spindrift. Well, perhaps not so much a triumph as possibly an honourable assist. Do you remember the article in Edition 3 about the tap water that Coca-Cola produced named Dasani? Well, today, the 19th of March, Coca-Cola have capitulated and withdrawn its entire stock of the water from the market in the United Kingdom. This feat follows hot on the heels a little pun there of my comments of Thames Water and its attempt at exporting sewage to Scotland in edition one and the subsequent refusal by the authorities to allow them to do so. Now... All we need to do is to get the members of the Scottish Parliament surcharged £460 million – the sum being the difference between the original quote for the Parliament building of £40 million sterling – and the finishing estimate of £500 million sterling. Spindrift is still shaking his head in disbelief at the apparent stupidity of some people this week. Case 1 A German man lost thousands of pounds after accidentally flushing euros to the value of £7,500 down a train toilet. It was said that the 38-year-old was travelling to Holland to buy a car when the incident happened. The money apparently slipped out of his pocket and into the lavatory bowl. Okay, okay. I can see that. Well, not really. Something like ten thousand euros has to be a fair bundle of cash. Now, how do you not notice something like that in the bowl as you flush? Had it been Spindrift's cash, my hand would have followed it down the bowl. The upshot of the story is... A guard on a following train was able to collect around £2,500 at the scene, which he handed in to police, and the unlucky German was able to collect a further £600 himself before being ordered away from the tracks for safety reasons. Case number two. A man who tried to give his pet Rottweiler cleaner breath by brushing its teeth is recovering in hospital. Police said that the 60-year-old ended up being badly bitten and was lucky to survive. The man said, I can't understand it. I even used a special canine toothbrush I bought at the pet shop and I thought he wouldn't mind. The man went on to say he was only able to save himself by playing dead and making his body go limp, at which point the dog let go and went back to its kennel. I know children that do that to their parents when it's time to brush their teeth and go to bed. Case number three. Now, this story does not quite fit into the current discussion, namely stupidity, but it does get an honourable mention for the forbearance shown by the unfortunate concerned. The actor Jim Caviziel was filming a very sexy love scene in bed with the actress Jennifer Lopez. A very beautiful actress who has won many awards for her looks, including the title of Rear of the Year. It appears that particular award referred to her pert bottom. Jim called a stop to the scene when he discovered, to his absolute horror, that Jennifer was stark naked under the sheets. She had nothing. She was bare, as naked as a jaybird, to paraphrase her song. He immediately insisted that Jennifer put some clothes back on because he didn't want to offend his wife, Kerry. I can understand that. An astonished Jennifer Lopez ended up filming the rest of the scene wearing both her bra and a pair of knickers, to the disappointment of the rest of the cast and the technicians. I take my hat off to him in admiration at his fortitude, as they say in show business. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Do you remember those happy days when you walked into a house and immediately knew that a baby was in occupation? Extrasensory perception, I hear you exclaim. Well, not quite. Not the mysterious sixth sense, more the pong rising from a bucket containing Napisan and a host of soiled toweling nappies. I can sense bewilderment on the faces of listeners who have never had or even heard of the delights of undoing a nappy and cleaning the offending bum before rinsing the nappy off and placing it in the ever-present bucket. Grannies of course will remember with fondness the days before on days when they would take the clute off as it was called in my granny's day. Those were the days when only the toffs could afford real toweling nappies. The clout, which was any available piece of rag large enough to fit the baby's bottom, was wrapped around the baby and pinned before the used one was placed in a bucket under the sink. As the families usually had several children then, changing nappies was like painting the fourth bridge. No sooner had mother changed the last child than she had to start again at the beginning. Once a day, after the long-suffering mother had done everything else about the house, including feeding everyone with whatever meagre food she could scrape together, and generally about the time that the doting father had disappeared to the pub, the bucket would be removed from under the sink and its fetid contents emptied into a sink full of hot water, along with a washing board and possibly a bar of soap. These clutes were prized because it was not easy to find serviceable rags that would fit the various offspring. Thus, mother would happily hum to herself as she slaved up to her armpits in brown floating bits, trying to get the clutes clean enough for the next day's use. Just about the time she finished the washing, father would reel in, having been thrown out of the pub at closing time, and mother would hang the washing on the line that hung from the ceiling. If she was lucky, she'd be able to have a cup of tea and damp down the fire before the imperious voice of father would command her to, "'Come to bed, woman. I need a cuddle.'" Nowadays, of course, The babies run around with disposable nappies on, and when the mothers see a green aura rising from their cherished offspring, they hold their breath, take the nappy off and scamper to the bin with the antisocial article at arm's length. Disposable nappies certainly have proved to be a boon to modern mothers, but not for much longer if the Deputy Environment Minister Alan Wilson has his way. Mr Wilson was talking at the second Scottish National Nappy Conference at Stirling. Stop giggling at the back. Have you never heard of it? You surprise me. This is one of life's fun events. At any rate, he wants you modern mums to go back to using toweling nappies and stop filling up all the landfill sites with your putrid disposable ones. Yes, I can hear you argue those used nappies will enrich the soil and encourage plant growth. Well, let me tell you this. The government have allocated £650,000 to return you to the days of Napisan. is one consolation. They can't return you back to the washing board and bars of soap. Or can they? Do you remember all the snide remarks? Perhaps you don't even have to remember them as they are still being said about men's beer bellies and the Bricky's bum syndrome. The sight revealed to the world when an overweight person bends over and the cleft of their bum is revealed to passers by. The person sneering was generally but not always a woman. I have to agree with the remarks though even though I don't have a svelte figure myself, being a little overweight. OK, a lot overweight. A beer belly is not an attractive thing. Mountains of flesh hanging over a belt, being exposed to all and sundry with a too small t-shirt on top, accentuating the heaving mass. Such a sight invariably draws looks of revulsion from girls pointing at the offender, Then they go on their way commenting how disgusting it all looks. Well, Spindrift has noted for quite a while now, although I have hesitated to comment about it before, about the latest fashion for pregnant women. They waddle about the town, looking exactly like a fat man with his beer belly exposed, hanging over the top of their trousers with a too small t-shirt on top, accentuating the heaving mass. When they bend over, they expose their Bricky's bum with a piece of string that passes for underwear. Not a pretty sight, and I simply mention it in the spirit of equality. Being something of a trivia quiz buff, I was quite enjoying a new programme on the box called the 24 Hour Quiz. A harmless piece of fun where contestants get into a quiz pod, which is an enclosed set, and win money by answering questions, the blurb says, for 24 hours a day. That's not strictly speaking correct, as the contestants get to have some uninterrupted sleep. Of course, the producers also supply huge quantities of booze in the hope that indiscretions might occur. To nobody's amazement, booze fueled rashness did take place, And that's where Spindrift takes issue with the programme, because it appears to me that sexual discrimination is taking place big time. A male stripper was one of the contestants, and very successful, even if he was self-centred. This drew shrewish comments from the other contestants who detested his success because he was never at risk of being deposed. Their comments were highlighted by the producers of the show and they replayed them over and over, slanting the programme such that the stripper became a figure of hate by the viewers. This preyed on his mind, because it was obvious he was an intelligent man and he drank too much alcohol and ended up kicking a wall in frustration. He was promptly thrown off the set. So what's that got to do with sexual discrimination or hear You Cry? Well, after he got booted off the set we had three girls in the quiz pod and one of them decided to seize the opportunity to gain some publicity for herself. First thing in the morning she bared her breast to the camera. The quizmaster got her to do it again and for the rest of the day they showed highlights of her doing it again and again and again ad nauseum. Egging her on to do it again and of course she obliged. Now, all this was before the watershed of nine o'clock in the evening. They kept showing the footage, albeit with their nipples grayed out, over and over, at every opportunity they got. Now, if that is not sexual discrimination, I don't know what is, as there was no talk of throwing her out. I am quite a fan Of all these television programs that have people buying houses on the continent, the people concerned are whisked away to view properties chosen by the producers of the show. And the thought of swapping our dreary, dank weather for sunnier climes is very appealing. However, if you are contemplating this course of action, Spindrift is about to issue a word of caution. Beware of buying a bargain property on the island of Sicily, particularly if the property is in the town of Caneto di Caronia, a small town atop the Mediterranean island's rocky coast. It appears that they may have ghoulies and ghosties and things that go bump in the night. Unfortunately, it appears that these ghoulies and ghosties are not as well-mannered as our British variety for the population of Caneto seem to be under attack with the terrified locals speaking of demonic intervention. Authorities are investigating dozens of incidents of household items from fridge freezers to furniture which mysteriously burst into flames causing huge damage to the fabric of the town. A local policeman who did not want to be named said, I've seen Unplugged electrical cables burst into flames with my own eyes. I've never seen anything like it. The Italian utility company N.L. tried cutting power to the town after the first reports, but the fires continued. This is the second time that this has happened, and the experts are still scratching their heads, and the populace are now calling for an exorcism of the town. The last time it happened was two months ago and experts put the fires down to electrostatic interference from power pylons. When the locals returned to their houses just a month ago the whole thing started up again with disconnected fuse boxes bursting into flames, car central locking blocking up, as well as mobile phones catching fire. Spooky or what? You have been warned. Well, that's it for the fifth edition of Spindrift. So, from my lofty eyrie on top of the fourth road bridge, I will keep my eye out for more gossip. And I will be back. Don't forget, Spindrift. This is Kenneth J. Matthews. Bye.